What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Power Play. On today's episode, I sit down with Marco Hansel, the founder of Speaker, a social influencer marketing company. But before Speaker was known as what it has become today, it was called TwitMob. TwitMob was born from Marco's long career, starting off with influencers and celebrities like John Legend, E40, Raphael Sadiq, and Ludacris. This launched the idea of his digital marketing company, which is known today as Speaker. Guys, before we jump into the episode, if you guys are listening on Apple, whether you're listening on Spotify, drop a rating, drop a like rating, and follow on Spotify. It truly helps me out a lot, as well as follow Marco's Instagram down below, as well as I left the link to Speaker. Enjoy the episode, guys. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Power Play. On today's episode, we have Marco Hansel, the founder of Speaker. Thanks for coming on today, man. Oh, thank you for having me, man. So now I know Speaker is a social influencer marketing company. Do you mind going in depth a bit for myself and the listeners who might not know exactly what Speaker is about? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Speaker got born from my long career starting off with uh, influencers and celebrities like John Legend before he was famous to – E40, Rafael Sadiq, Ludacris, and, and really building out these digital fan clubs, so to speak, um, that then became digital street teams. And we were like, wow, you know what? There's, there's a lot of fans that are, um, you know, posting about these artists on, you know, MySpace at the time, on like message boards, and they have, they have more power than some of the marketing that we're pushing. Right. So the, the thesis became for us like, well, you know, what if what if we looked at this not just as something that was valuable for for our you know, artist brands, but for the whole world, like any brand, everybody has a certain level of affinity for something. And the same way that, you know, I did physical street teams for BMG back in the day, passing out flyers and CDs for artists like every single person is a voice. They've got you know digital real estate. Now, Twitter had just mm -hmm. come out at the time and i said well you know if, if you if you could actually mobilize those people and compensate them for sharing their voice and their love about different brands you'd have the largest word of mouth platform in the world right, right. and word of mouth um you know at the end of the day every single medium in marketing from tv radio all of it they want to get to the point where joe says hey marco like we should go see transformers like you can't get any mm -hmm. better marketing than that so that that thesis became something that we played with, um, starting with Twitter, um, built a platform that was uh, called TwitMob originally before it was Speaker, since Twitter was the only one that was actually yeah. out, <laughs> and um, and it, and it grew tremendously. Like really quickly, we saw that like connecting um, the right people with the right brands, having them post and share content in social media. It was outperforming a lot of the traditional marketing um, that a lot of our brands were doing, and it was so new. We essentially like coined the phrase "influencer marketing." At that time, it was mm -hmm. us as uh, a company, Isaiah, uh, Ted Murphy, and then this other company, Magpie. But this this was back in 2010, like before oh, wow. these influencers were even influencers. Yeah, yeah What yeah. you see is a bulk of the influencers that are out there now. The biggest names, you know, ranging from the Kardashians to Logan Paul to all these guys like their, their very first time that they got a check there's a high chance that it came from our company wow, right and that's that, awesome. that grew to 80,000 of the top um, mm -hmm. creators in the nation and a platform that was used by 
you know, more than 70 of the top Fortune 500 companies and some of the largest agencies to essentially match make uh, all of their deals and their marketing campaigns with the right influencers. That's awesome, dude. So now, where did this, I guess you can say this idea of speaker start? Because me personally, you know, it started with this crazy, spontaneous, I guess, conversation I was having with my cousin. We were talking about life, you know, because I wanted to start a podcast for a while now. And he just brought it up. He's like, dude, why don't you just go on with this? And I have. So take me back to, I guess, the beginning of where this idea formed. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I, I sort of mentioned, a little bit of that early history um, was with John Legend in college. And, um, you know, one of my friends was friends with John, you know, before he was famous. And yeah. he said, hey, we should do some some work with this guy. Like, I think he's going to go somewhere. <laughs> and yeah. obviously that was a good bet. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that that turned from him six months getting picked up, becoming a major artist. Um, and growing and, and going through, you know, the, the list of, of celebrities that I mentioned before yeah. um, and starting to do digital marketing for them and that whole concept of, hey, you know, we've done physical street teams. Um, you know, why not do digital street teams? Right. Right. That was that was the epiphany is like the, us us building is so we built we built out everything that became Twip Mob and Speaker as a example, just from an artist perspective first. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, well, you know, if we can just mobilize people online, then, you know, that that'll that'll be something that's valuable. And, and it, we tried it and it worked. Like, it's, not, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty, pretty simple, pretty straightforward in terms of its evolution. Um, and it just it just went from like, how do we do this for artists to how do we do this for Pepsi? How do we do this for, you know, the Transformers right. film? Like, yes. And, and it worked the same way, actually, even even better in certain cases, based on what it was that you're promoting, because people get more passionate mm-hmm about certain things that they're pushing. Exactly. Now, how long did it take you to build a brand like this or a company? Um, very quickly. It was, yeah. it was pretty quick for me, man. I mean, you know, I think that the, the few things that come up is that um, I, I've had a, a iterative, like sort of break things fast approach to a lot of things right. for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, you know, you could, you can plot and plan all day, but I've, I've always been the the very like high risk entrepreneur. I, I, you know, I put it all in and, and go out there and say, Hey, let's just try this thing. And I think, you know, we just to put into perspective, um, you know, we took a $10,000 investment um, in Twit Mob originally, you know, before it became speaker and turn that into two million dollars in eighteen months in revenue. Wow! So um, you know, I I built I built fast, and and part of the way that I was able to do that is that I actually took the very first group of staff that joined my company, and really told them a vision. Right? I painted a picture mm-hmm. of what we wanted to accomplish, of you know how valuable I thought it was going to be for the industry, and then I actually had all of them sign agreements where they would dictate what their hourly rate was right and we would clock their hours that they worked on the company we didn't have any money right mm-hmm. we clocked their hours that we work on the company and then basically we had triggers that said okay once we reach a million dollars or we raise more than a half a million dollars you can trade in all the money and the work that you've gotten for either of even more cash than what your your you know work is worth or into more equity into the company mm-hmm. right so like so when before we had any money like it looked like we had this big team we got all these people working on stuff and then 
you know, we actually made our first million dollars from a coffee shop. We, we didn't even have all Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. So, like, just imagine, that, imagine being on the phone with, like, you know, big companies like Microsoft and you got like fire engines and trucks in the background, yeah. uh, you know, the, the espresso maker going off. And they're like, what? <laughs> how are we doing like $100,000 yeah. right now? Yeah. And we haven't even had an office because it all started accelerating so quickly. Um, and yeah, we just we, we definitely hit that momentum of finding an wow. idea that was working that people really enjoy. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you say that because a lot of people look for it. I, you know, you know, every, whatever they look for instant gratification. And, yeah. but I also feel like if you're in a position like you were and, you know, you're willing to risk it all and you're hungry for what you want and you know, your vision, you're going to accomplish your goals that much faster because one, it's your passion and two, you want it. So, you know, I feel like that everyone needs to, you know, understand that, you know, your story is not going to be from everyone else's story. So whoever's listening right now, you know, you know, Marco might've went through this, this and that, but you know, he was just that hungry and that's just, Oh, you know, that was what was planned out for you, you know? Yeah. And, and let's let's be clear, too. Like, you know, not not to say that the other businesses that I created weren't successful because right. we did we did manage to hit a lot of success really early. But, you know, I had been doing entrepreneurial things and creating entrepreneurial businesses since I was 14. I had one job. I had yeah. literally one job for one month that was paying the minimum wage in Michigan, three dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Actually, wow. I didn't even make it a month. I made it two weeks and I got my I got my first check and I'm like, no, nah. <laughs> this, <laughs> this ain't it. Yeah, no, like, yeah. I'm not doing that. And I so so when we talk about that journey, that journey is, you know, an over like almost decade long journey. It just yep. it just when when people view it in that view, like, oh, and then then you started Twitter, you started Twitmob and it just blew up. It's not like I just came up with an idea and said, I'm going to be right. an entrepreneur today. And that was the first time I didn't. I had been training in that momentum and that mindset and that type of energy for years. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, I'm 19. I've had a few jobs. Um, my parents, they're entrepreneurs. We own a pizzeria and we are um, uh, founders. Not found, what am I saying? We're uh, we own a burn boot camp. Um, so, you know, it's a chain. It's a franchise gym. And um, so I've kind of had that entrepreneurial mindset from a young age, just you know, by following them and such. But I've worked for uh, other businesses. Like when I first moved down here, I'm originally from North Carolina. I currently live in South Carolina right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I worked for other people because when we first got down here, you know, we didn't own the gym. We I worked at uh, Jersey Mike's, worked at a pizzeria. I worked at Krispy Kreme. And I was working these hours, dude. And I saw these guys who were older than me and ladies who were older than me, you know, in these positions of 28, you know, 29 years old. And they're whatever they are, they're managers at a Krispy Kreme or the managers at a Subway. And I was like, dude, I don't want this. You know, this is not going to be me. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to make sure I'm stable and the people around me are stable for us to grow and continue to grow and explore and network with people. And that's what this podcast has done, for example. You know, yeah. I went on here just to, you know, simply have conversations and, you know, help someone who's listening. Like, you know, maybe, I don't know somebody had a rough day and they want to tune into the podcast or somebody wants to become an entrepreneur, but they don't know where to start. And this is where the networking comes in with guys. You know, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to David Mouse or whoever I'm talking to. And <laughs> David, I, know, love him. <laughs> I got these people coming in and they're like, wow, you know, Joe really, you know, he sat down with this guy. Maybe I can do this. So I just yeah. want to give 
off positivity and passion for others to say, if he's doing this, then I can do this. You know, I'm just a nice mm-hmm. kid recording in my closet on a desk, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to take it somewhere where I can continue to grow and make new connections, but also show others that, you know, you can do this as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's something that uh, you said that's so powerful. And for people that are listening in the audience, I, I have this obsession with like little things, right. And they, and they talk about, talk about from the perspective of like the butterfly effect that a whole view mm-hmm. where you're like, Oh, you know, the butterfly lands on a particular branch and like world war three starts, right? You know, your, your moves, your little moves that you may think are insignificant, your decisions that are like, I don't know, maybe I'll start a podcast. Like all of those little things, those are the ingredients of the biggest changes in the world, right? Yep. Like there's, there's no, there's no big change that doesn't happen from small decisions. So the the encouragement and, and thing that I think Joe is is telling you and, and sharing to everybody is like, man, just just get out there and just do the things. Cause like the difference between the greatest people and, and some of the people that you may admiring is nothing more than the fact that they just did it. They just experienced yeah. it. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. that we're blessed with some like genius IQ or you know, we've got like a, a cheat code to life. Right. The cheat code is just living and 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 playing and, and two things that I, I always love saying is like playing to win versus playing not to lose. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can we can set ourselves up in our lives and build our lives in a defense mode of I want to play not to lose. So I'm playing not to lose and I'm looking at all the things that I could potentially do, but then I'm looking at all the risk and like, oh, I don't know if that's gonna go well. And I don't know if people are gonna really yeah. listen to me and I'm not sure if, it's like, well, it, who cares if you're exactly. sure, but if you do it and you're playing to win, you are gonna create that winning momentum. And then the beautiful part about that winning momentum is when you have that winning momentum, your view of failure is entirely flipped upside down. You will look yep. at failure and you will say, you know what, I just lost my job. Did I fail or did I succeed in knowing what I needed to do to lose my job? Mm-hmm. Like, and if I can have that perspective, then as I'm going through experiences in life, every single level, every single thing that you try is an additional experience that is making you stronger, that is making you yes. better, that is moving you further, and it's never a loss. So exactly. put it, put it out there. <clears throat> well, dude, it's it's all mindset, you know. And I've yeah. realized that because you know I'm still young, I'm still learning. Um, I feel like that, you know, I guess in a sense. I'm hungrier for what I want. So I know how to approach situations differently. But a lot of people my age, you know, a lot of guys and girls, whoever, they're focused on partying and they want that. Like I talked about earlier, they want the instant gratification. They don't know what they want. You know, I have a lot of buddies of mine who are in college right now and I'm not knocking them. I didn't go to college. I'm I'm currently not going. I'm not saying I'm not going, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe something goes up in the next two, three years. You know, you don't know what life's going to throw you, but they're in college and they don't know what they want. They want that instant gratification, but then they're over here and they're doing these stupid things and they're partying and, you know, they're just not lining up their future. You know, I'm not trying to be that 32 year old working at Krispy Kreme, you know, <laughs> like it's, but you know, Krispy Kreme donuts are great though. <laughs> yeah, no, they are very good. They are very good. I did. I worked there for uh, two weeks when we first moved down here and they were good they threw away the donuts in the night which i was pissed no one got to take donuts <laughs> and they just tossed them all away i was very mad about that but uh no they, they are good donuts but yeah and see i want to be the guy owning the crispy cream i don't want to be the one working behind the counter yeah yeah well and, and i'll tell you i'll tell you joe this there's two things um that come up for me with that and yeah this may sound counter to an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. podcast but it relates so much to your intention and choice 
right? Yep. So you, when you said that, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy working behind the counter. I want to be right. the guy that's owning it, right? The, the guy that owns it needs people that are going to work behind the counter. Of course, right? of for, course. For it to exist. And the guy who's working behind the counter could be like, yo, I just love donuts. I'm enjoying myself, <laughs> living my life, like making these donuts. Yeah. And that is fine. But like, of course, be, be clear with whatever it is that you desire. And part of the reason why, you know, when we think about the stories you talk about, about, about your friends and like, you know, they're figuring out life is like, I, I believe that everybody is one good question away from yeah. their breakthrough, right? Like they haven't asked the questions, you haven't settled down and gotten quiet with yourself and really been like, yo, why do I do the things that I do? And then what if I did things differently? And how mm -hmm. would my life look if I did those things differently? Like those are those are three questions for me that became so clear. And you know, I don't, I don't, I know we're we're on time right here, but obviously the the anchor in, in my bio is that I, I lost thirty five million dollars and gained my life. So there's a a whole nother side to my speaker story that really really is is about those questions. It's about the fact that you know even even on the opposite side, I can be somebody who doesn't define my ambition and doesn't create anything. I can also be somebody who doesn't actually understand why I'm mm. creating the things that I'm creating and be a hundred millionaire and still feel unfulfilled. Right. right. And that's, in, but asking those questions, getting deeply rooted into our intention, our vision, our purpose, and knowing like, Hey, this is what my purpose is. Not only, does it bring you more fulfillment, but it will make the things in your life like just clearly come to you. So you, you have that clear vision and you see it, then everything around you is going to feel you resonating on that same way, man. And, and I swear it's, it's one of the most powerful things that goes beyond practical, like, you know, 80, 20 rules right, or, right. or 10 steps to make something happen. Like it, this is like, you know, there's, there's an energetic thing to you attracting the things that you desire mm -hmm. once you're clear with what you actually want. Yeah. Now, you mentioned a few seconds ago you lost $35 million. I actually wanted to touch up on that. I made a little note. I have a sheet of paper here. You know, I saw it in your Instagram bio. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that a bit. How did somebody like you bounce back from such a huge loss like that? Oof. Well, um, Let's see, to, to, to give like the truncated version of, of that story, um, sort of starting into the bounce back, you know, you, you hear everything that I was talking about, about speaker, yeah. um, and in speaker, the, the view and the, the way that I'm living is like a guy who's taking every single milestone, every goal that he has, everything that he wants to accomplish and just knocking them down like I'm, you know, ski shooting. Like I'm just like, yeah. yep, cool. <laughs> Forbes magazine, got that. Inc. That's it, right? Like, yeah. Got yeah. that. I feel like I'm on top of the world. I feel like I could literally make anything happen if I wanted to. I mean, we would we would be in situations where, you know, like I, I'll give you an example. I, I you know, had an investor that I, you know, was like, oh, I don't really know if I want to rock with this investor. Um, they put a quarter million dollars in our business. And, mm. you know, we had like a, a due diligence uh, track for like two weeks. And during that two week process, I was like, man, you know, I just I don't think it's going to make any sense. And we didn't have the luxury of not having that quarter million dollars. because We didn't have any money. And I turned them down. I, I gave them their money back. And then I just brought in another million dollars in a week after that. Wow. So like I this this and these are these are the types of stories that were commonplace 
for me in that business was just being in this place where part of what I just said about being clear about what I wanted, my clarity and my dreams right there was that I wanted to win, right? Yeah. And I was willing to do whatever it took to win. So I kept winning. I kept on winning. But the, the, the flaw and the piece, which we'll get into how the bounce back comes, the flaw was that that, that view of winning didn't have a lot of footnotes to it, right? It didn't have mm -hmm. a, okay, so how are you going to win? And how are you going right. to feel when you win? Like, and exactly. who is it? Who's it going to be that you're going to win with? And like, well, how much mm -hmm. time do you want to spend in your day? I just had the whatever it takes mindset. And yep. there's nothing wrong with that. But if, if the whatever it takes mindset is towards a vision that is very narrow, then don't be surprised when all you get is the money. Right. So mm -hmm. so you you move you move forward into a few years, you you start becoming, you know, the 79 fastest growing company in the nation. You know, you do I'm sitting down with Facebook and then talking about acquiring us. And I'm like, wow, I'm 10 feet away from Mark Zuckerberg. My every yeah. every milestone is lining up. Right. You're right. feeling on top of the world. And then all of a sudden I get a few emails. First email comes from Time Inc. Time Inc. is going bankrupt. Second email comes from iHeartMedia. iHeartMedia is going bankrupt. Third one from Toys R Us. Toys R Us is going bankrupt. Yep. Oh man, these are three of our largest customers. Three of our largest customers all at once. And all at one moment, we're sort of in a little gray area. I'm like, oh, well, we got a few million dollars that's right. actually supposed to be coming from those companies that may not come anymore. Uh -huh. What do we do, right? And in, in the what do we do in that process, I do what I always do and I double down. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna lose. So right. I got to figure out how I'm going to make it happen. So then I start, you know, like changing different approaches. I start changing business models. I'm like, all right, well, I got to, I got to change the way that we raise money. And then I go and I find some people that I'm like, uh, again, just like the last people that I took money from, I'm not really sure that I want you guys to have a, a stake mm -hmm. in this company, but now I need to make sure that I win. That's the most important thing. So I, I end up taking in money that changes the dynamic of the company. I lose control of the board. And all of a sudden, this thing that was this beautiful, fun, enjoyable winning thing becomes this like almost like rich, broke guy in a sense. Like, like we're living paycheck yeah. to paycheck, but I'm trying to make a half a million dollars every month. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Like, and I just, just imagine, imagine that stress and that energy and also the contrast of like you're sitting in something that is is grand, six thousand square foot office, thirty yeah. employees, like mm -hmm. everything that you ever wanted. But on the inside, behind the scenes, you are stressing out. You are wondering, like, man, how and we how are we going to make it tomorrow? And and in that process of starting to feel that pressure, and then starting to to feel these questions coming up. The first question that popped up in my head was, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work? Right. Right. I had never I had never thought that because in my in my world, there was no possibility that this wouldn't work, which was a great, great manifestation trick. Right. Is, but then, but then the next question became, so wait, who am I if I'm mm -hmm. not the CEO, the successful CEO of this company? And that was when the light bulb hit. And I realized that I was so focused on this one version of me, on this one part of my life on this mindset of sacrifice now to have some better life later, that all I was doing was investing into speaker, investing into CEO Marco. I wasn't investing into 
playtime Marco. I wasn't investing in the right. health Marco. I wasn't investing in the family guy Marco. I wasn't investing in the relationship Marco. It was right. all about that identity. And then, then, then the questions continued rolling. The, the questions started coming out from there. Then it became like, well, wait, why do I need to sell this thing for a hundred million dollars? We were getting forty million dollar offers, and I'm turning them down, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not enough yeah. money. But then I'm like, well, wait, well, but why isn't it enough money? Well, why? Well, oh, because because other people are telling me that it's supposed to be more. So, so wait, I'm starting to understand now that so many of the decisions that I'm making are built around protecting this one identity of the biggest winner ever but they don't actually have to do with my quality of life they don't actually have to do with my happiness and when i started then asking myself the questions of well what does my happiness look like then i start finding that so many of the things that bring me joy so many of the things that bring me purpose so many of the things that light me up every single day they have very little to do with this winner that i was playing so very well yeah right so now, mm-hmm. now you now you move into an area where the questions keep going, the revelations keep happening, and the last question that that really pushed me over the edge was my partner, the the wonderful love of my life, who I have our first child with now, um, which is a whole nother part of, of this story. Yeah. She's only eight weeks old, and wow, she asked me. She said, she said uh, we were talking when I first met her, and we were talking about um, the situation that I was in and. I was explaining, you know, what I really saw for the world and what I really wanted to do, but I'm yeah. telling it to her and being like, well, you know, but I can't because I'm the CEO speaker. I can't leave. You know, I can't, I can't do this. She's like, why not? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why not? Like, I, I, I have to continue being this person. I, I am, I'm that role. Like, you know, the business needs me to be that role. And I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize this, but I had become a, a prisoner to my own vision, to my own mm-hmm. business now. Right. Yeah. And, and when when I when I when I got that question asked and she said, why not? And she challenged me to say, well, what would happen if you actually did leave? Like and, and what what beauty is on the other side of you pursuing the things that you actually love and not feeling like you're chained to something that you no longer are enjoying. And mm-hmm. when that freedom moment hit, everything became clear. I resigned as a CEO. I decided I'm going to choose me over choosing his business. And I've been choosing my vision, I've been choosing my purpose, but my total purpose ever since then. So the, mm-hmm. bo- the bounce back now is crazy because the crazy part about the bounce back is I left my company with the company owing me money at the brokest yeah. point I've ever been in my life. And I was the happiest I'd ever been. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying crazy. myself. Crazily, it- crazily. And then, and then from there, I said, you know what? I get to have a blank slate. And when I pick and choose what next business that I'm going to do, when I choose where I'm going to live, when I decide how I'm going to work, like I'm not going to build that from a set of ideals or Mm -hmm. set of rules or a set of expectations that are being put on me by somebody else, by by somebody else, meaning not just somebody else directly, but even by my viewpoints of what society says success Mm -hmm. is. I'm going to define that for myself. Right. And that that freedom is power. It is. It is. It is. And I like what you said earlier, you know, it's what I picked up on, you know, about happiness, man. It's I've realized that, you know, you have to be happy with what you're doing. If you're not happy, none of this matters at the end of the day, because if you're not okay, then, you know, you could have all you could be the most successful person in the world. You could have 
you know, millions and millions of dollars and you could have all these businesses and this and that. But at the end of the day, if you're unhappy, none of this matters. Like I mentioned earlier, I sit in my closet and I'm recording with a mic, but I'm as happy as I can be because I'm in my own room and I got the things around me that I truly enjoy and I'm truly <laughs> fulfilled and with what I'm doing. And yes, in time, I will grow and those visions will change just yeah. because I'm getting older. But for right now, with what I'm doing, networking with people and connecting, I'm happy because I'm doing something I love. And a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people chase the wrong things. And when people chase the money and they chase that instant gratification, yeah. they don't realize that underneath, you know, you have to be mentally okay. And of course, physically okay. But if you're not mentally okay and, you know, you're just constantly getting sick to your stomach, you know, but you have all these things and then you realize why you're doing this, you really have to sit down and say, okay, wait a minute. You know, I'm doing this for me, but am I truly happy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a so real experience when you go through something like that. But luckily, I went through it early on because for about five years, uh, from like eighth to, I don't know, like a senior year, so like four and a half years, I was, you know, I was down and I truly wanted to find happiness, but I didn't know how, you know, I didn't know mm. where to start or what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something big and I wanted to be different. I want to stand out and I want to help others like me, but I didn't know where to start. So then I realized once I graduated high school, unfortunately, it took me that long to realize it. But, you know, that's just life. And that's what happens. I was like, you know, I, I just I got to find myself first. And once I find myself, I can push that out on other people to say, listen, here's how I did it. Here's how. You know, here's the advice I could give you and you could run with it. You could take it or you can't, you know, and it's a constant domino effect. And I could go on for days about happiness. I talked about it with a bunch of people who have been on this podcast, but it's just like I said, dude, it's a so real experience. And when you find true inner happiness between within yourself and the ones around you and you're happy with who you are, it's a great feeling. Yo, and Joe, I I was chuckling when you said it's it's so so sad that it took you so long. I'm like, yo, you're 19. <laughs> you got That's such funny. a head start on it, and I think you know it's it's beautiful that you were already asking yourself those questions because the other the other trap um, that a lot of people can end up in, and I think you know I caution the audience to check the signs of this. Right, is you you can get right. trapped in a a winning like like um you know like vortex so to speak right like we're like mm -hmm. you're you're winning so much which was mine that it looked like to everyone else and even to me i'm living my best life right, right. like i you know and, and that's that's coming from being in this place where i need the things around me to actually control that happiness or that feeling of satisfaction because i can point to those things and say look like i'm i'm doing a good job Right. It it only it only took a moment a moment of me not winning for a moment, which which is crazy. Realize, that it took yeah. that long, but yeah. me not winning to realize, oh my gosh, like I'm not just a really good person that knows how to succeed. I can't afford not to succeed because I rely on that. Like I'm relying right. on that energy to actually keep me going. So what that really means is I am not actually truly okay with myself without these things without this mm -hmm. stuff happening. And that's that's something that could can sneak up on you because you can yeah. you can feel like you're you're doing you're doing the most. And there's a lot of people that I've seen that are going through this at 50, at 60, or or never actually 
even make that realization because they're stuck in automatic mode. We're going in autopilot. And once we start moving in one direction, we feel like we can't slow down and stop it. And, and, yeah. and ask like, wait, 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 why am I going here? <laughs> like, right. right, right, right. Now, would you say having this winning mentality, this, you know, this like, I, yeah. Would you say winning, having this winning mentality was a positive effect or a negative effect on you looking out back on it now? Oh man, both. You know, I think, yeah. I think the, the beautiful part about the reason why I can say both is like, you know, we're going to have positive and negatives in our lives all the time. But my, my right. view on it is very similar to what I said about failure. It's all positive, right? It's all, it's mm-hmm. all me being a part of the journey. Now, could my journey have looked differently if I, you know, learned this issue way earlier? Sure. Of course. Right? Yeah. But, but now here's the beauty of it, right? I get to be somebody who gets to speak to other people and say, hey, I lost $35 million and gained yeah. my life. So the, right. the example and the story that I have is now coming from somebody who's like, I've gone there. I've been there. I've accomplished all those things that you have on that list. Yep. I've done all of those. Guess what? Not going to make you happy. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. No, so so now it's my, it's my vehicle, right? So it's like, you know, you, we, we, can, we can count the stories like, man, I wish I would have done that. You know, I should have done it that way. But the crazy thing is I, I remember that year. And that year being such a year that, that, that everything hit the fan was such a tumultuous year. It was, I was like the craziest, like down feeling, depressed, like, like burdensome feeling. And that it also was the most high uplifting year at the same time, mm-hmm. right? right. It, it became that, that point where all of it came together. And I think what's so beautiful about it is now I get to see those things that made me so good at winning and I'm using those same skills in a different way, right? It's not, it's not right. bad that I had a winning mindset during no, that time. It's just, it's just, I wasn't focusing it on an infinite world. Like I had, I had a more limited view of what I could win at. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to win at this business thing right now. And I'll take care of the rest of the shit later. Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it, dude. I, I, you know, and it's, it's crazy you say that, but like, I don't think people really like, understand that you know that it doesn't really you know yeah i I could go like i said earlier dude happiness like one for days yeah (laughs) it's nuts (laughs) but before we get going today man what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur not even a young entrepreneur just someone who wants to become an entrepreneur in general but they don't know where to start or they don't know how to start yeah oh man i think the first thing is finding that that right question Right. And that that very first question is, why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. Right. And I I know that sounds so simple and like it's not something you're going to go take to the bank. But um, (laughs) um, it's like the concept of um, the the house that you build is is, is only as strong as the foundation that you create. Right. So if you if you go out there and start building this house and start, you know, creating business and you're not really clear, you're not really rooted in why you even want to build it in the first place, it's like this, it's going to be shaky, right? Yeah. And, but but if, you, if you build it with this strong foundation, then as you go through the, you know, loops and the ups and downs that I just spoke about, like you're, you're going to be like vibing. You're going to be like just coaching yeah. through like, because you're like, man, I got such a strong foundation. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. That, that part <laughs> of the house just fell down, but like we're still good. But I'm good. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's still standing. Yeah, so that's what I, that's what I think. It's pay attention to that, and, and I would say that when you when you go into that, why, like be 
detail, like go deep, like allow yourself to spend time with, you know, why you want to do it and, and, and mm-hmm. what, what your vision actually is for how your life is going to, to shift or change by making that decision and go into every area of your life, man. Like, I think when you get, when you get that clarity of vision of how you want that business or that decision to affect your family, to affect your friends, to affect your emotions, like spend time with it, then you'll, you'll get a lot of answers. You'll get a lot of uh, clear answers. And that'll, that'll drive you to a ton of success, both internally and externally. Yeah, dude. I love it, dude. Thank you for coming on here and chatting with me today. It was an honor to chat with you. I enjoy the conversation very much. Of course, dude. You have a good one, man. Keep in touch, brother. All right. Appreciate you, Joe. Yeah, man. All right. Take it easy.